You're listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. Brian is a social entrepreneur and attorney who focuses on startup companies, nonprofit organizations, and arts and entertainment law issues. Creative Confidential starts now. Welcome back, all good people, to Creative Confidential. This is episode 38 and the first one for 2017 for a brand new year. Be sure to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. It only takes a few minutes and it is a huge help to the podcast's visibility on iTunes. Thank you to our listeners in over 50 countries for tuning into the podcast and supporting it. Today we're going to talk about risk. New Year's is always a time for reflection and setting goals, whether you want to change aspects of your personal life or your professional life. Sometimes, the pathway to get to where you want to go isn't easy, and actually, often, it is not easy. The path can be a treacherous one with risks at every turn. No matter how many times you visualize accomplishing your goals, you will never be able to anticipate all the risks and possible pitfalls that you will encounter along the way. If you have found an idea that you can't give up, an idea that consumes your thoughts when you should be focused on other things, then you are on to something worth pursuing. Sometimes you have an idea, sometimes the idea has you, and that is the beginning of the journey. If you've always wanted to be a filmmaker, if you've always wanted to be a novelist or work in the music industry, now is the time. If you've just found the podcast recently, go back and listen to last year's episodes. There are many lessons in there from artists and also from CEOs about how they made the leap from where they were to where they are now. There are two examples from last year's episodes in particular that I want you to consider. The first excerpt is from episode two, featuring MacArthur Fellow and composer Steve Coleman, describing his decision to leave his hometown of Chicago as a young man and hitchhike to New York City to perform on the streets to make it happen. Well, I mean, the difference in what I do and probably what most people think about is that fame is not in the picture at all. I mean, um, with most people in their lives, um, surviving or even making money or trying to become rich or whatever, that's that's like a, the main theme of what they're trying to do. And they make a lot of decisions based on, okay, what do I need to do to survive or what do I need to do to make more money? My decisions aren't really based on that. Of course, I have to make a living just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. But my main decisions are based on what I'm trying to do through my music. And it's always been like that from the time I was, I, I hitchhiked to New York from Chicago. I played on the street for a living for like, two years or something like that, you know, but every decision I made, even at that point when I had no money was always about, um, what I want to do in this music. And that's based on studying the great musicians in the past who've, you know, gone down the same path because I'm not, certainly not the first person to do this. And you study them and you, and you see how they made it playing very creative music and not playing commercial music. And then you figure out, you know, your path based on, based on like what people have done before you. I mean, when I say great people, I mean people like John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, names that people might know. Right. Uh, Max Roach and, and exactly. Mel Lewis and Sonny Rollins. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when, and, and some of those people I talked to personally, you know, eventually I got to the point to know them. 
And um, so Max Roach and Sonny Rollins and people like this, they gave me a lot of advice, you know, Thad Jones, like about what to do, what not to do, you know, what happened with them. And of course, you have to make adjustments because every time is different. But that really, really helps a lot that there's people who have done it before you. And in, in, hum- in any human activity, there's always somebody who's done it before you. You know, so you just have to research and find out who they are. When when was the 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 transition from Chicago to New York? When when did that happen? Oh, that was a long time ago. Nineteen seventy eight, <laughs> May twenty second, nineteen seventy eight was when I arrived in New York. And you, and you started, and that was you started street performing right right out of the gate there, or was there any kind of I, just? I actually started street performing in Chicago to get okay. the money to go to New York. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was playing on a street in Chicago in a in a near north side area called Rush Street. Um, so that I can make the money to get to New York. I had a plan. I had the whole thing planned out. But like I said, a lot of it was based on what people had done before me because there's been plenty of people who have playing creative music who came to New York with no money at all, you know, and, and they, you know, were able to survive doing what they what they wanted to do. And so I studied what they did and I made a plan. I came in right when the weather broke in the beginning, at the end of spring, let's say, Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, okay, I don't have a place to stay, but by the time the weather breaks again, you know, <laughs> in terms of the winter, I should have, you know, pretty much figured it out, you know. So it was a whole plan that I had. Well, and and the, you know, the discipline to keep going in spite of difficulty or circumstance or any kind of, you know, roadblocks that life, you know, throws up uh, in your way, you know, that's... Um, you know, that's something that comes through loud and clear in, you know, in the times that we've talked about, uh, about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, is there any, I know that, uh, everybody has one or, you know, maybe one or two things that they would have done differently. You know, if there is anything in your career, what would that one thing be? Mm. If I well, was, I if guess I, was, I don't fall on that list. I don't really have anything that I would have done differently. I did, I did it. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to quote Frank Sinatra, but I did it my way. You know? Well, and it's so. it, well, that's that's exactly. Uh... Steve Coleman hitchhikes from Chicago to New York and performs on the street to make his dream come true. There was no safety net and there was no day job. There was no other option but to make the dream real. The second excerpt is from episode 20 featuring Scott Tixier, a French born, critically acclaimed jazz violinist who left his native France to come to New York to become a professional musician. Nothing was happening, so uh, I had the chance to know Jean-Luc Ponty. You know, Jean-Luc Ponty is a great uh, French uh, jazz violin player mm-hmm. that I met when I was 14 years old. And he, he, um, I was in contact with him uh, almost like once a week. And he, he sent me uh, an email and he told me, man, you should go to... New York, you know, you should go to to the to the U.S. because if you do something there, uh, it might move more for you. You have more opportunities, and uh, it will be challenging for you too. So you should you should go there. And I was like uh, very, kind of scared, but a month after he told me that, uh, I got in touch with uh, Lonnie Plaxico, uh, who is a great uh, bass player mm-hmm. in in New York, you know. And uh, he heard me, I think, on MySpace at the time. <laughs> and he, he, so he, he asked me if I wanted to, to come to, to New York, too. So when I was two people were telling me, like, Johnny Ponty was telling me to, to go, and uh, Lonnie Plexico uh, was inviting me uh, to a gig, you know. 
uh, I say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, but I didn't have any money. So I went to my dad and I say, dad, I wanna go. He told me, you don't have any money, you can't go. So uh, I tried to, fi- to find money, uh, uh, I asked all my family <laughs> to, to get some, uh, to get like, I think it was $900 uh, a dollar I got uh, total. And I say, I'm, I'm leaving now, I have $900. And actually this money went immediately to the round. I arrived to New York, I didn't know I had to pay $800 for the, for the round, or to stay one month. Right. So I, I had only $100 left. So I don't know what I did. I played in in some cafe, and then, I mean, and I also played with uh, Lonnie Plaxico. It was my first gig. And that, it was, that's uh, a heck of a first gig to, uh, <laughs> to to walk into. You know, yeah, it's, I was kind of uh, I was kind of uh, innocent. You know, I didn't know that, what I was doing. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting that you describe, you know, the the, the drive to go to New York specifically, not, you know, not Boston or DC or, you know, Miami or some other place on the East coast. It's a lot like we, um, I interviewed Steve Coleman on, on a, on a previous episode, uh, of the podcast. And he had somewhat of a similar story. He, he thought for, for, for his own artistic development, you know, New York was where, he needed to be so in a very similar way you know he kind of put all of you know kind of put all the eggs in one basket and said i'm going to new york i'm gonna you know in his case he was performing you know a street performer initially um but it's it's uh it's it's interesting like you know a generation apart it's kind of the same drive that new york the scene there is just you know, big enough that it really can uh, attract people from all over the country or all over the world, rather. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that. I came for for the same reason, like for to be to be there because I I didn't I never wanted to do any school. Many people talk to talk to me at the time about Berkeley or any other schools, in New, even in New York, and I. I always had a problem with schools, you know, for music, uh, for improvisation, you know, because uh, I really want to do my own, my own, um, um, I don't know how to say, my own sauce, you know, like my own uh, little uh, cooking, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just gather many informations and and I, I know exactly what I, I want. So, I mean, so so if I want to 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 learn something uh, I, I i will like make the decision to 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 get a lesson or or to meet the, the person I, I admire or try to really uh, analyze and 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 learn the the vocabulary and the language of this, per, this specific person and and i was i was i, I tried like i think a, a school very very um quickly uh, when i was in still in france and uh, I stayed a week because I I couldn't like really uh, uh, relate, you know, because there is a lot of information, but uh, too too little of what I really wanted to to learn, you know. So yeah, for me, it's my my only concern with some schools, you know. I mean, I, I'm a teacher today, so I, I understand like it. 
sometimes schools like uh, it could be interesting, you know. But it, it, I think the students have to be aware and know why, why they're coming. They're coming to this specific school and should see with, with what teacher and for for what reasons. You know, not like uh, hoping to get a, a miracle or a, a, uh, something that that, that gonna make them uh, play like uh, professional because it doesn't exist. There's no professional. Professional musician, no. We are all students, no, and we always have to seek for the. I mean, in my, it's this is my opinion. I think I'm trying always to 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 seek uh, new things and keep always keep learning, you know, and never stop like looking for uh, new things and exploring and you know. Scott Tixier comes to the United States not knowing how to speak English with only $900 to his name, to become a professional musician. Scott puts everything on the line to make his dream a reality. The question for you today is this. What are you prepared to do to begin your journey? Will you risk it all? Only you know the answer. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or follow the podcast on SoundCloud. You can hear all the episodes on those services or visit me on the web at creativeconfidential.net. If you have questions you want answered in our Audience Speaks series, please DM me on Facebook, Twitter, or email me. The podcast returns next week with an interview with Jesse Rosen, the CEO of the League of American Orchestras. We talk about the evolution of culture, among many, many other things. Until next time, keep building the future.